Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Amber and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kindle. Noise pollution. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also, Rob Kendall in studio from the Kendall and Casey Show. Here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Okay, so we've got about a week to sort of let the dust settle. I know you and Hammer were on the air last week when Sharif, the Republican running for mayor against Hogsett, released his uh, public safety program, which kind of mirrors Joe Hogsett's plan in terms of gun control. Where are we at here a week later? Well, look, he's obviously not put the plan forward that I would have put forward, which the fact that he put the gun component in to me is so disappointing because otherwise it's a pretty good plan. Like the public safety director's coming back. He's got plans to hire all these police officers. Yeah. He had a plan with, if you eliminate the gun aspect by which we would be able to go on this show and these very powerful airwaves and we'd be able to say, look at the difference, look at this, look at that. And instead the conversation, and rightfully so, becomes dominated not about the other things that are really good, but about this really ridiculous proposal on guns that he knows is not going to fly. And it, the worst part is it makes him no different than Hogsett, and he just ties himself, hitches himself to Hogsett's wagon on this stupid proposal. And it's a big deal. Like, I've heard people say, well, it's just one component of his deal. No, the Second Amendment is a pretty big thing, and it's not just the ridiculous plan that's never going to go anywhere anyway. The Indiana General Assembly is not going to approve any of this, no matter what insiders he claims he's spoken with. It's It represents a middle finger to people like us. If you live in Indianapolis and you're a law-abiding citizen and you have constitutional carry, you want to protect yourself, you want to protect your family, Jefferson Shreve thinks you're the problem. The fact that he rolled it out in the first place and he's campaigning on this makes me feel like he's blaming me for the problems in Indianapolis. And if you haven't been down to Indy, if you haven't been downtown, to the canal, to the zoo area, to 38th Street, to Monument Circle, it's not law-abiding citizens with constitutional carry or the right to have an AR-15 that are the problem in the city. Yeah, and I've struggled with this because, as you know, we all, and I think we all did, <laughs> did really want him to win because the city cannot afford four more years of Joe Hawkset. I genuinely believe if Hawkset and Mears get four more years, this city is going to be even more unrecognizable than it is now. Now, look, we're going to give him his say when he comes in on Wednesday, and I think that's why he chose us. I am a, I would say this, I'm a complete a-hole and a villain as a commentator. I'm a pretty damn good interviewer, though, because I will ask the questions and I will allow him to say his piece. And, want, and we'll press him where he needs to be pressed, and we're going to point out the things that we think needed to be pointed out, but he's going to have a chance to make his case. And then once he's done, it's on him to make his case. I'm not going to carry water for the guy. I'm going to give him the opportunity to say his piece, find out why he did it, what he thinks it's going to accomplish, and explain why he thinks that people like you should be singled out. I mean, he's not singling you out, but law-abiding, tax-paying citizens people should be like part, part, part of the equation, equation. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we respect he's going to come in, and we're going to ask the questions. I don't know what the answer is, though, because 
I don't think you're winnable at this point. I mean, I, and that sounds crazy. If I just said two weeks ago, Hammer would not be winnable for Jefferson Shreve. It's really offensive what he put forward, and I'm not sure that's registered yet. So where did this come from? Where did this complete left turn out of nowhere? How did this happen? Is someone advising him? I told Hammer earlier I thought it was that ridiculous uh, attack ad that Hogsett put out on Sharif. You know the one where he said, sure. Sharif, is he supports the Second Amendment. He is pro-life. He's a conservative, <laughs> which, which, yeah, okay, that's, uh, that's virtuous if well, you're a Republican. It's really easy to get caught up in campaigns listening to a lot of voices. And this is why, look, we talked about when he became the nominee. He actually had the money to do the thing that he needed to do, which is to burn Joe Hogsett and Marion County Democrats to the ground. Yes. If you're going to go out, let's burn it all to the ground. Let's tell everybody where Joe Hogsett was and during the And that's why I was on board early on. I was ready to put the Shreve sign in my yard. I was ready to say, hey, let's get this guy in office because, hell, if he's just sober and shows up, it's better than what we got the last four years. Well, and, they, and just, you know, full disclosure, and, and they have asked me before my opinions on things. I've given them to them. As usual, most things have been ignored in the order in which it's received. And I told them, then I said it on the air. It's anything I haven't said publicly. You have the money to actually do the thing that needs to be done, which is you had to make this election an indictment on Joe Hogsett. Right. And you have given that ground up by this gun proposal. It would be a bad gun proposal if you'd just come up with it. It's an even worse one because Joe Hogsett came up with it. And look, time is running short on him to be able to explain his way out of it. And I hope he can do it next Wednesday. Again, we're totally going to give him the forum to do that because I don't think it has dawned on them how offensive it is to so many people and how many people, I think they think, well, these people just vote for us no matter what because they hate Hogshead. Right. I don't think that's going to be the case. And it's telling to me that while I'm happy he's coming on your show next Wednesday, his first reaction to try to rescue this sinking ship was to run to the indie star the super liberal super left-leaning indie star and then have your advisor mark lubbers famous for bringing down the luger campaign years ago which that's pretty impressive you brought down luger having this guy feud with guy relford and ripping on wibc and basically making fun of the listeners of wibc yeah look i mean our ratings bear out every every month how many people love what we do and they love what we do because we speak the truth and we are not republican shills and we're not republican stooge men but it is easy when you live in that bubble to listen to the people who tell you you must do a b and c and that the people outside of what we tell you well they're hill jacks and hillbillies and idiots in the minority and and it is, and I'm not saying this is what has happened, but I have a feeling that the I call it getting their fangs into them. That the establishment wing, the Marion County GOP, these you know you know who they are, the names, the faces. It's always the same people. They got their fangs into this guy, and they gave him really bad advice, and they're still giving him him bad advice. Last thing here on the media aspect of it. When you look at Jefferson Shreve's social media stuff, whether it's him, whether it's his campaign staff and advisors, look at the people liking their posts. It's James Briggs, liberal writer from Axios, used to be a star writer. It's Adam Wren, self-admitted pencil neck, super liberal writer uh, for Politico. When he's not outing victims of sexual assault, he's liking what's going on with the Jefferson Shreve campaign. That should tell you everything you need to know about who these people really are. You know, I've struggled with this because I think he's 80% better 
than Hogsett. All right, let me stop you right there, because I've heard you say that a number of different times. Would you say that Todd Young, the Duke of Spendingburg, is 80% better than Chuck Schumer? Because I kind of feel like that's a similar comparison. No, absolutely. 80% no, 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 I don't, no, no, I don't think. If Todd Young were 80% better than Schumer, I probably wouldn't have a problem voting for him. No, I don't. I, I, I think Todd Young spends way more money than Chuck Schumer has, so no. But... My point is, I'm about to. I'm about to come to your side. Give me a damn minute. Uh, the, uh, because I think there are things in his proposal that are really good. However, if you're willing to virtue signal or pander or whatever the thing is on this, that should raise a red flag of what else are you willing to do that on? And if you can't be trusted on something that is so, I mean, this is so undoable what he's proposed. Then if we can't count on you on everything else, then how do you, you know, how do you count on anything? So I've struggled with this because as a Hoosier lifer, I know you are, I know Nigel is. We want this city to thrive. We know it won't thrive with Joe Hogshead, but Jefferson Shreve and this proposal man, he's really put himself in a hole. And by the way, it feels like there's a perception coming from his campaign that this is not really a big deal and we're making it out to be something that it's not that not many people are paying attention to which i don't think is the case no i I agree i agree they don't think they think here's what they think i'm they've not told me this of course but i am confident they think that hammer at the end of the day it's just like what republic it's what look todd young did it diego morales did it last time and they were right they think Republicans, at the end of the day, fear Democrats so much that conservatives fear Democrats so much that you will ultimately, you'll huff and you'll puff and you'll badmouth. Now, they don't know you and they don't know what a terrible person you actually are. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when it comes time to pull the lever, you and your wife and your boy who can vote are going to get in there and go out of fear. Well, we can't have Hogsett, so we'll vote for him. I think they're dead wrong. I think they made a big mistake. I think this is a much bigger issue, but that would be where I guess they're at. It'd be a shame if a local radio host who happens to have a number one rated show would start a write-in Abdul campaign. It'd be a shame (laughs) if that happened, but uh, maybe I'll consider that. Well, look, he is making the smart choice. If you need your campaign saved, you come to Rob Kendall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rob, we've talked a lot about the mayor's race in Indianapolis. Governor's race. Not quite getting as much attention locally, but we've had some action lately. Uh, This is about to get juicy, and I love it because there's nothing that I love more than establishment on establishment violence, and we're about to get some because Brad Chambers, who is uh, the head of the, or was the head of the IEDC, Economic Development Corporation, under Holcomb, he is the toady stooge in charge of strong-arming farmers into selling their farmland for sweetheart real estate deals for mega corporations like Eli Lilly. He is about to get in the race, at least that's the big rumor, and a little birdie who has been very, very accurate over the years inside of a state government, inside of the state capitol, told me that once he gets in, Holcomb and Hupfer Incorporated, Eric Holcomb, Kyle Hupfer, and all the Oompa Loompas that do the bidding of those two awful people are about to get behind this guy, which means Holcomb will, in the vein of Stone Cold Steve Austin, be giving two giant middle fingers to his Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, who's also running. I was going to say, that's his Lieutenant Governor. You think he'd put his weight behind her? Which I love this so much because (laughs) Silent Suzanne has been such a toady loser stooge for that guy for seven years through all the tax increases, through the mass mandate, through the business closures, through the Malik Muhammad meet and greet, calling people a human petri dish. She is set right behind him like a seal and going (laughs) and now he's about to stab her in the back. She's getting exactly what she deserved. I love it. Man, I can't wait to see the faces of Rod and Todd and the Good Time Party Boys 
when Mike Braun walks in there as the winner. Oh, well, let's see here. You guys didn't support me from the beginning, but I had enough money to win this damn thing. Looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Look, whoever wins is going to disappoint me and let me down. I've already accepted that. Mike Braun has already told people at these various county fairs, I'm not doing anything with property taxes. I don't care that you're hurting. Kiss my ass. He voted for the largest tax increase in state history, which is the gas tax. So I have no expectation for him. So I'm going to get my money's worth in this primary. And gosh darn it, this Chambers versus Suzanne fight for the establishment and watching Suzanne get screwed after screwing the taxpayers of this state for seven years. Well, I'm going to get my money's worth. And, but let's let's be honest. Your prediction is what for the outcome of the governor's race? Well, is I don't. Bron- I, is it bronze to lose when we're really being honest with each other? I, I actually have no idea because when you got six people running, which you will if Chambers gets in, 20% could win you the governor's race. And look, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but a world exists where Curtis Hill could conceivably get to 20%. And boy, yeah. nothing would make me happier than seeing the look on Holcomb's face if Curtis Hill became the Republican nominee for governor. We got less than a minute left here. You were whining earlier that <laughs> because your dad duties are interfering now, you can't watch the British Open. Since I was about 12 years old, one of my favorite things to do every year in July is get up at 1.30 on a Thursday morning and watch the opening <laughs> tee shot of the British Open. I remember my dad as a kid, keep that television down, I gotta go to work in the morning! <laughs> and so here, I, last night I told my wife, boy, I can't wait to get up. 1.30 in the morning, I'm so excited. And she goes, yeah, uh-huh. And 1.30, the alarm sounded, and I thought, I'm kind of tired. I'm going <laughs> to, like Forrest Gump, I'm going to go back to bed now. <laughs> and that's my life now. That's it. That's me going forward. Well, so what, the baby doesn't wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning? You can't watch it? Uh, Well, I, like, look, the schedule? Uh, we have a rule in my house between the hours of midnight and 5. It's the wife's child. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, my God. I take the other 19 hours of the day. Don't I do my part? I got to go to work. You're at work part of the daytime. You're not at home taking care of the kid. I'm asking how she's doing. Doesn't that count? <laughs> What's coming up on the show tomorrow? Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. I have absolutely no idea. We'll figure it out 9 to noon, but be sure to tune in because it's going to be awesome. He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.